Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you, Nick. That was very kind. That was very kind. It's wonderful to be here at Land Wolf. I have been looking forward since I got the invitation. Uh, and uh, humble and honor to be here to share from my heart what God has put in my heart to share with you. As Paul write, I come to share stories, what the Lord is doing, that we may encourage each other's faith, that your faith will grow, and that we will be encouraged in the work as well. This morning, I'm uh, grateful to be joined by my wife, Rita, sitting in the front row here. Uh, with our three kids, Mariah, Caleb, and Selah, who are currently in class, and that's a wonderful thing, right? <laughs> we are grateful for that. We are grateful. We are grateful. Well, if you are visiting this morning, I am not Pastor Nick or Pastor Chris. For obvious reasons, I'm sure you can pick it up. But I am so grateful to Nick and Faith and Chris and Louise and Dale and all the team here at Linworth. I mean, they love Jesus. That's right. They love Jesus. They love you. And they love the city. And they do everything with just a level of excellence that I see, rarely see, in various settings. And they pray for you. They work tirelessly to serve and to be present. And so, if you don't mind, put your hands together for Nick and Chris and Dale and all the team. Because they are doing all that they can. Yes. Don't wait for pastor's appreciation month to, for, to let them know. Every time you see them, let them know that you are praying for them and that you are blessed to have them as your leaders, especially in the seasons and time that we are in. It's not easy right now to be a pastor or a minister anywhere in our nation or perhaps around the world. It's tough. They are always looking for creative ways to serve God people. So pray for them. Love them. Make it easy as possible for them to do the work that God has for them to do in your community and throughout the city. Now, as uh, Nick alluded, I am originally from the country of Burkina Faso. Burkina Faso. Uh, this is a map of Burkina Faso. And Burkina Faso is in West Africa. It's a nation of about 21 million people. Believe it or not, they just won this week their first ever Olympic medals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole country is going crazy right now over there. 
It's just going wild. I mean, people on the streets, they're honking, they're dancing. Oh my goodness, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. But I was born there, uh, about the size of Colorado, 21 million people. It's a nation that is part of the unreached people's groups, where uh, roughly about five, six million people in that nation have not heard of the gospel. And uh, in the northern part of the country, churches currently are closed. Schools are closed uh, because of jihadist movements. Uh, security is a number one issue in the mind of the government and people right now. Uh, but I was born there. I came to Jesus at the age of 12 through the movie of Jesus of Nazareth. And in doing so, uh, born into a Muslim family, very enemies in terms of practices, I was forced to flee my family, my village, for safety. And uh, by the time I was 12 years old, I was on my own. I lost my father when I was two, my mother when I was uh, nine. I lost three siblings under the age of 10. But God is good. God is good. I've seen a lot that a child shouldn't see. But in the midst of that, I've seen the hand of the Lord, the goodness of God. And somehow God brought an American family from the Lima area that came there. Anybody from Lima, Ohio? Yeah. That came there on a mission trip. And they found me on the street at the time with YFC. And they picked me up. And they brought me to Ohio. 1998. And I was very sick. And they rushed me to Lima Memorial Hospital. And they put my body together and put some clothes and tried to put meats on my bones and sent me to school. And God opened door for me to go on after high school to college and to grad school. My story it's one of an American story of what God has done and can do. You know, I got to pause and say of all the nations that I have been, I can tell you that there is no nations like America. There is no nations like America. Because the story that I share with you, listen to me, they can only happen in the nations like America. Last night we were with some friends and he was sharing with us uh, to one of his friends that came from uh, uh, one of the nations in the Muslim Middle East area that moved to New Jersey, became a truck driver. 
Now truck driver eventually got a better job and eventually began to provide a way for his kids to go to, to school and I believe as of last week was able to buy the first house. That man and many others will testify that there is no other nations like America because truly in America dreams becomes a reality. And I say this to say to you, with everything that is going on in our nation, in order you hear, I tell you, there is no other nations like America. So you pray for America. You pray for your leader. Indeed, it is not perfect. And our leaders for sure are not perfect, but I will tell you, there's no nations like America. And so I ended up going to college and went to Bluffton University and my wife and I met there. I was a sophomore, she was a freshman, sophomore looking after a freshman, here we are. <laughs> 16 years later, we got three kids. And so grateful to be here. If you are a guest, look no further. This is one of the best church I know in the community. That's right, put your hands together for that. One of the best church. One of the best church. And so, born in this nation, somehow, here I am in Ohio, and it was very cold when I got here. I got, actually got here in winter months. And I'm like, God, <laughs> I'm grateful, but I'm very cold. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, God brought me to Ohio. And uh, through the years, I served in various settings uh, as a pastor, as a, an evangelist, as a, an associate, as a church planter, and then through Mission Columbus, uh, just what a job to try to fill the shoes of Tyler Flynn, just one of the great leaders that we have in our city. And then, as Nick alluded, with the Catalyst team, I am just grateful and thankful uh, just for the privilege to be able to serve alongside people that love Jesus people that love the city and people that wants to see the gospel go forth in our city. And I look forward to sharing our time just so that you will be encouraged and you can take some things away with you. Let's move into, if it's possible, in our slide. I want to read a few verses. Uh, the time our time this morning will dwell among these verses that I want to share with you. First, the book of Jeremiah, verse, chapter 29, verse 7. We're going to focus on this throughout our sharing. Reading in the NIV, and it reads like these. And also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Seek the peace of the city 
and pray that the Lord for it because if it prosper, you too will prosper. Very important verse. Next. I do not ask for these only, Jesus speaking here, but also for those who will believe in me through the word, through the word, that they may all be one just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us, that so that the world may believe that they may be one, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. A very important verse here. That they may be one, just as you and I are one, Father. Jesus speaking, that the world may believe that you have sent me. John 17, 20, 21. Next verse. Well, you will not abandon my soul to Hades, or let your Holy One see corruption. The book of Acts 2, 27. We're going to trust the Lord to put all of these verses together as we share. And so if you don't mind, just bow down for a moment. Holy Spirit, you are here. We invite you to speak to us through thy word that we will know you better, that we will understand your mind and your will, and what you are saying to us as we align ourselves to do exactly what you have called us to do. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, my friends, I want to underscore uh, what the Lord is doing around the world. What the, world, the Lord is doing around the world. In times like these, we can, especially when you read the news and look what's happening around the world, in our, in our nation, sometimes it can be very discouraging. You wonder, where is God moving? And sometimes I'm sure you wonder, where is God in the midst of all of this? But I come to encourage you to know that even now, God is working, God is moving, God is building his church. We understand that these are the last days. And I will even underscore that these are not just the last day, but these are the last of the last days. The last days begin when Jesus said, I... Uh, when the Holy Spirit was given into the church. And ever since then, God has been moving and building his church. Jesus said, listen to me now, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not and will not prevail against it. Now Jesus said that and he's committed to doing exactly that. And you and I, listen to me now, you and I are part of God's plan to building his church. You and I are part of God's vision. And I can tell you that in the midst 
of all the noise that you are hearing or seeing, God is doing a work. God is doing a work throughout the whole world. And some of that work can be seen in cities through the nations. Cities. Cities. The God is working in many ways around the world through cities, in cities. And when you read your Bible, you will see that God is very particular in mentioning cities. He sent Jonah to the city of, to the city, the great city of Nineveh. Jesus said, I'm going to go and I'm going to build a city, a city. And when I come, that we call the new Jerusalem, I will come back and get you. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set, a city that is set on hill. I want to challenge you and encourage you to do a worship study about cities that are mentioned in the Bible. Cities. Cities. And I can say to you, in our nations, God is working in cities that I know, like Kansas City. There's a move of God in Kansas City. We know that. There's a move of God in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. There's a move of God in cities like Columbus. It's one of the things that drew me to Columbus, that I saw the hand of God in your city, in cities. New York, with the work of uh, Tim Keller, God is working in New York City. With the work of the Polar, God is working in places like Portland, Oregon. We see this. Where he's working, that we will not get caught up into the news of the day. But rather we who are a set people, a particular nation that God has preserved, we can see how he's working and moving and joining him in that. That kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven and he's doing that listen to me through the church like you like you we are separated insulated set apart to accomplish a very particular objective that God is doing and wants to do through the church. And my challenge to us is to be informed with what's going on in our nation, in our city. But don't find yourself in the news. That will take you side, uh, sidetrack, off focus. But to stay on track with what God is doing, that we are part of. We know where we're going. We are not part of this world. And we look
going forward to that day where the Lord will come back and we will be with him forever. But in the meantime, we are here. Focus. Focus with what the Lord has for us to do together. Next. And so this morning, next, thank you. I want to share with you, give you a glimpse of what's happening here in Columbus. We're seeing God work in our city. Please understand that the ways of the Lord are not like the ways of man. God said, my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And therefore, we want to have the wisdom to discern where and how God is working in our city. We at Catalyst have been working, laboring, and praying to unite the church, the whole church, for the whole city, for the whole gospel. Now listen, folks. Jesus prayed. A very important prayer. You understand that he was praying for this as he was getting ready to go to the cross. And uh, you get to understand people's heart. Often, uh, the last uh, minutes, hours before they depart. And so Jesus, getting ready to go to the cross, began to pray for the disciple. And not just the disciple, but he began to pray for you and I. And what did he pray? That we will be one. Just as he and the Father are one. And he prayed that somehow for the believers that will believe in their message, that the whole world will know that the Father sent him. Somehow there is a correlation between evangelism and our oneness together. We have been laboring and praying as you are for the whole church to come together under the banner and the lordship of Jesus, the whole church, for the whole city, for the whole gospel. That's right. And we see God moving in many ways in our city. Let's look at some of those. Next. I will not be Mayor Coleman this morning to give you the state of the city. But I can give you at least a glimpse of the state of the church in Columbus, Ohio. Next. We have divided our city into 12 regions, 12 regions. And pre-COVID, we used to do what we call leadership summit that brings leaders together to do what we call a citywide assessment. Where are we? How are we doing? And how can we, most importantly, how can we do it together? as a city. And so there is a, a common theme that we long to do together, but also how can we break it down in regional or neighborhood 
for churches within the radius to connect with one another and do simple, practical projects together as a neighborhood flourishing. And I love the vision that was shared this morning about love the city. Oh, what a beautiful, practical, doable that we can do with our neighbors. I love that. Next. So, let me give you a few things. Not sure if you can read these, but I will read a few of these. Very shocking for me as an African, because here you see where we are as a city. Some of the data. In order to go somewhere or do something, you must know where you stand. And so these are facts that tells us how do we compare to other cities? And even more, how do we compare to other nations, believe it or not? So first fact, in terms of infant mortality, it'd be hard to believe that Columbus as a city can be compared to some developing countries. That's hard for me to believe. But it is true. We have some gaps there. Columbus is booming. In terms of industries, we as a city, we are seeing a boom economically. We are seeing and expecting an increase of over one million people for the next 10 years. That's a fact. You know, have you tried to buy a house or even look for rental property these days? We have more people looking for homes than homes availability right now. That's a fact. And so knowing that, how can we plan and prepare to respond? Think about this. Poverty rates in some neighborhood have doubled. We know that. We know that over 500,000 people in Columbus don't know where the next meal is coming from. It's hard to believe, but very true. My friends, as a city, we are growing at 2% every year, 2% and expecting to continue. And yet within the population, we have over a quarter million people in our city who have never heard of the gospel. That's hard to believe. We have roughly 1,200 churches in our city. 1,200. And growing. And we need to grow it, especially in certain neighborhood where we need that. But even with that, 250,000 people plus have never heard of the gospel. They think about that. Next. In other words, we have more people that can be lined up from Columbus all the way to Kansas City. That's a lot of people to put it in a different perspective. Next. So how do we reach 1.4 million unsaved? 
It is estimated by 2050, that's where we will be. In terms of growth in our city, we see that 80% of city growth last year came from China, India, Somalia, Mexico. Uh, the foreigners of nationalities that are coming into Columbus. Now, this is very, very important because as we plan and re envision what the church would look like, we must consider these. This is an important figure because how do we plan, prepare, create space to invite these people? reach these people that are in our neighborhood. That's what I love what you guys are doing in terms of providing uh, uh, language opportunities and trainings to others that are poor of your community. That's very, very important if you are thinking about church planting. These figures are very, very important. The way we used to do church planting in the past to where we are based on trending figures of the cities has changed. And therefore, we have to change and make some adjustment. Again, 250 that have never heard the gospel. Next. In other words, this is what we know in terms of evangelism in our city. With where we are as a city, with where the city is growing, over uh, 1,200 churches, every year we are losing, listen to me now, we are losing a negative 1% of church growth from the church. In other words, in terms of Christianity in the church, we are losing more people every year from the church with a population that is growing. Think about this now. You have a figure that is growing. These are the numbers of churches that we have, and we're losing more people. Think about that. Therefore, knowing these information, how do we respond? As a church, as a city. Because our desire and heart is that they will come to know the Lord. But rather, and not leave the church. And so we're looking at these very intentionally. In other words, Every four year, every four year, based on these trends, we can fill Ohio State with, church, with uh, people, Christian, who used to be in the church every four year. Now, this is an alarming data. And knowing these, how do we plan? How do we respond? Vis-a-vis -vis with housing, vis-a-vis -vis with food security, with a growing population, this becomes very, very important for us. Next. Well, and so COVID came, and COVID changed a lot of things. And Einstein said, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. That's insanity. And therefore, these are the words that we are throwing to churches. Adjustment. Pivoting. Retooling. Redevelopment. 
get used to something different because things are not the same as they used to be. What would that look like? Your neighborhoods are different. In my neighborhood, where we are, we are more surrounded by international than uh, nationals. Therefore, for churches in that part of the Northland community, they have to pivot. They have to make some adjustment. Especially in light of where we are with COVID. What does doing church look like with everything we're going through? Next. We have seen these silos. And yet, through where we've been and what's happening in our nation, how do we collaborate? Again, I love the vision of Love the City, Serve the City initiatives, not just what people can plug in from this church, but reaching out to other congregations, to coming together to serve our city. Neighborhoods like yours. Dr. Ken Baker said, division in the church breed atheism in the world. A very hard. And so our prayer and work is, is focused on how do we move away from us versus you to really coming together and looking for practical, creative ways that we can work together to serve our communities. Next. We believe that we can do more to impact our city working together as Christians. We can do that. We can do that. I believe it's the, it's the African proverb that says if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go farther, do it together. We believe in these things. And so we are laboring and praying Always looking for gaps that we can come together as it makes sense to collaborate for the city. Next. This is one of our leadership summit that we had in 2019 pre-COVID. Uh, we brought over uh, 500, uh, 150 pastors all throughout our cities, including mayors and judges and civic leaders to do what we call a citywide assessment. What are the needs of our city? What are the strength of our city? What are the pro, what are the things that is holding us back from working together? We discover at some of those meetings that the biggest and number one obstacle, you know what it is? It's pride. It's pride. It's pride. I don't need you. I can do it by myself. We begin to look for ways that we can break down pride so that we can work together. Next. We brought in Barna and Glue in our city that are currently uh, doing some monthly meetings to help us with data about our city so that we can be more informed, better connected, and equipping each other for the work that the Lord has us to do together. Data is important. 
we can't do unless we know. And so we have been relying on them to provide support with these work. Next. Together for Columbus. This is a snapshot of what we have been working on over the past 18 months since COVID. Mobilizing a unified city-focused prayer and worship where we have currently over 5,000 people that are part of that network. We have 12 plus unified gatherings that I believe you, your church, were part of that over the last week of June. And we pray for more of that. We are working to promote gospel community by vocational discipleship. Gospel community by vocational discipleship. It is one of the, the, the initiatives that we are emphasizing because, listen to me, during COVID, the church has left the building. The church left the building. But the church should never leave you because you are the church wherever you go. So how do we help pastors to mobilize their people on mission no matter where you are? At Walmart, Costco, McDonald's, wherever you are, in your workplace, and engage with your co-workers in gospel conversation. So it's a church on wheels, basically. Church on the go. From a gathering focus mentality to a deploying the church to go and reach and serve. Be it your neighbors, your co-workers, your friends, your families, huh? And therefore, for pastors to assume the role of training and equipping the church to be mobilized wherever you go. We have been working around those. If you are trying to do church planting, what does church planting these days look like? We know that churches, pre-COVID, there were a number of churches throughout our city that were dying to begin with. COVID came and accelerated that. We have X numbers of church buildings that are currently vacant right now. And we are working with them to see how do we uh, utilize those buildings for church redevelopments. And not just see vacant. And so how do we deploy those resources? Uh, citywide metric with banner and glue, unified project last month, uh, in the month of June, where 50 churches came together from all across Columbus, from many nationalities, backgrounds, and languages, and put in 11 different neighborhood worship gatherings. Listen, folks, that's wonderful stuff. Look at this picture. Next. Uh, with uh, COVID, we were able to respond and serve uh, our school and our students by establishing what we call learning extension centers. Now listen, now every student can learn from home. Depending where they are coming from, in terms of neighborhood and families and uh, uh, resources, now every student 
uh, or home distant learning is conducive for every student. And so we were present and we established, we opened, asked churches to open buildings, businesses to give up space, uh, community centers to open up their space, provided a support for inner city students to come and learn together with uh, volunteers. In that, we have over 1,000 students served each week. 30,000 meals that were served since opening. We donated our resource, those learning centers, directly with over $300,000. We provided over 138 uh, tablets to learn. Listen, now every student had the resources to do those type of things. Or learn from home when the mom or dad or mostly single parents are trying to work at the same time. They just can't do that. Some of the students didn't have internet bandwidth to be able to learn. Some of the students rely on in-school lunch programs to be able to eat. When you stop all of this during COVID, they don't know what to do. We were there to serve. Next. These are pictures of community worship and prayers in, expressed in different communities throughout the cities. That's a beautiful when you can see churches coming together under the banner of Jesus to love their neighbors and to serve. Next. In doing that, friends, in doing that, I want to highlight these. In doing that, it gave the church a reputation in the city. It opened doors. That's why I love uh, your $1 car wash, which I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to come. I'm definitely coming, man. I'm going to drive in. But when we do those things, when we get beyond the walls and serve our city, it gives the church and the faith community credibility in the community and that the church become and the gospel become very attractional that people begin to say wow this is what church do now listen I gotta say to you that most of the world know us by what we are against more than what we stand for and so when we can reach beyond our Reach out to our neighbors and say, what, what are your needs? How can I help you? It gives the gospel credibility. And so in doing that, listen to me now. This is what the Columbus Dispatch picked on and wrote. Most, I got to say this, and I hope you don't work for them, but listen. Most of the dispatch, most of the stuff that they usually and often write, it's very critical and negative about the church. But when we can reach beyond our wall and find gaps and serve the city, it gives us credibility to be able to reach the loss. So guess what? These are some of the few. Headline in the Columbus Dispatch. Check it out. Columbus Christian Church's Joint Tech Initiative to Aid Community Project. 
That's the dispatch that wrote that. Think about these. Learning extension centers. Columbus groups, community groups, help Columbus school after student offer, Columbus groups help Columbus school offer student safe place to study. That's somebody that may not know Jesus that is writing about that. And when people read these and see that the church is mobilized, that the church is engaged, that the church is serving, it opens opportunity for the gospel to go forth. Read this. Bishop Clark, uh, Timothy Clark, uses pulpit to spread hope, spur social action. Faith in action, religious sisters help thousands while in quarantine in northeast side of Columbus. COVID-19 pandemic, how Columbus area churches are trying to provide hope, normalcy, and community this Easter. Helping hand, grieving is different in COVID time. How much faith leaders recommend you hope with it? Hey, people are looking for hope. How do we offer that? That leads to gospel conversation. These are some. Next. Well, guess what? In times like this, and always, when we look in the New Testament, we see the early church. There were a community of prayer. The early church. There were a community of serving. They were always reaching out. The early church. They always had an upward mobility mindset. They always reaching out to their neighbors and servings. And the Bible said, in doing so, and the Lord added to their numbers daily. Daily. It was a church on the move. They were always, they, they, they were not sitting still. And I am here to pray with you and alongside you and, and for God to help you farm your way in your community, in your neighborhood, to look for where the needs may be. And I believe and I may perceive that love your city could be that initiative for you. But when we look at the New Testament church, it was a moving church. It was a going church. It was a generous church. It was a serving church. And when we do that, God blesses us with favor. He opened doors and people respond to the gospel. My friends, it's a new season. It's a new day. And God is working. And we have, listen to me, we have great opportunities. We used before to send people into the nations. And God still does that. But all of a sudden, the nation are in our back door. Almost your neighbors, you look left to the right. Your neighbors are from other nations. How can the church see the opportunity? 
Whether it be with school initiatives, whether it be with scar wash, to be able to get into people's space to share the gospel. These are incredible, incredible times. But I'm afraid that if we don't see the need to pivot, the need to make necessary adjustments, the need to see the opportunity in front of us, we will miss this. And that is my prayer for you to find creative way, innovative way, simple, doable, practical to reach your community. Mark 4, one of our pastors here in the city said, last, the key to collective impact in any city is the willingness and ability of the community to partner of a common cause. Find your cause. Reach out and serve. When you do that, people care about your Jesus. They want to know about your Jesus. They become interested about your Jesus. And that's an opportunity for you. And so it's a day for us, you, to pray. And discern your community. What are the need? What are people saying? Here's what we know. Right now, Nick, we know that pastors are offering, pastors have an assumption of what the community need and offering something that is contrary to the need of the people. We know that. So sometimes we assume that we know. And so it's helpful to ask questions. How are you doing? What are your needs? How can we help? Mark said, I am confident that this collaborative opportunity will create a flourishing civic and faith community. That is my prayer for you. To engage with your community. To find God and collaborate with others. Because Jesus said that they may believe that you have sent me. When we reach out, link on with others for the sake of the gospel, it gives a compelling message that becomes inviting, listen to me, that becomes very attractive to the watching world. And they're like, okay, wow. I didn't think that churches can do that. I didn't think that churches would do that. And it gives an opportunity a faith conversation. And maybe we lead some to know this Jesus that you believe. Paul writes, I have become all things to all people that I may win some. I close with this. Here we are next. 2021. 
will soon wrap up. We will move in 2022. We have a 10-year plan at Catalyst to try to envision what 20, by 2030, what will Columbus look like? What are some of the needs? What are the gaps? And how can we be intentional? How can we be led by data to respond, to serve, and yet also to track and see? But please understand that the city is changing. The city is moving. It is not standing still. And therefore, we have to be pro uh, proactive. We have to plan. We have to provide resources, which I am grateful for your support, your prayers, for what we are able to do in the city together. And I leave you with that challenge for your neighborhood as we have broken the city into 12 different regions. But you begin to look and see what does your neighborhood look like what does your community look like? What are the needs in your community? And how can we help you come alongside you as you serve your community? Simple, practical, most importantly, to do it together. My good friend John often said that who we are when we are together is more important than what we do alone. Let's do it together. That is the Lord's prayer. We are here with you to support you as we do this life together that they may know and believe this Jesus that you know, that I know, that we love. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for Linworth. Thank you for what you are doing here. Thank you for how you are shifting things in a unique and amazing way that you are using them to do this work in this community. Have they reaching out to others within the three mile radius to link arms and to find creative, innovative, attractive ways to reach and win the loss. Bless their work. Bless the work. Cause it to be multiplied. That it will bear fruits. Fruits that will remain. I pray for oneness. I pray for unity. Oh, glow. Protect them. And use them to build your kingdom that you are doing in our city. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.